0: It's good to be with you here on the first day that you're back in public services, and so I want to greet those of you who are here in the room and those who are joining on the live stream. We're so glad to be with you this morning. As we look into God's Word, um, I want to go to Psalm 116, Psalm 116. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 9 of Psalm 116. The psalmist writes these words. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. And here are the key verses that we want to focus on, verses 7 to 9. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Again, verse 7, I'd like to read, return to your rest, my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. I grew up uh, on a in a here on Long Island in what I would call a Baptist background. We were Baptists who worshipped like Pentecostals, but I, a lot of what I memorized in Scripture, I memorized in the King James, and I love the way the King James version says it. Uh, verse seven: Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. If we were to give the message a title, the message would simply be this, the resting place. Will you join me in prayer? God, you have been good to us. You have been gracious and kind. And you have cared for us more than we are aware. And so this morning, as we look into your word, open our eyes so we would see, open our ears so we would hear, open our hearts so that we would receive, and open our wills so that we would respond to the moving and the work and the voice of your spirit. We will give your name the praise. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Excuse me. I'd like to start off by making a a clear statement. I am not a fan of cats at all. I'm not a cat fan. But for a while, we had a cat in our home, and I learned a lot from my cat. Learned a lot. Not a cat fan, but learned a lot from the cat. We don't have the cat anymore because... Unfortunately, uh, we had to get rid of the cat because of a, an asthmatic situation that I have. Uh, but I learned a lot from this cat while we had this cat. I, 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 I could tell by the way this cat perched herself what kind of state she was in, whether she was at rest or whether her perch was a restless one. I can always tell uh, by the way she perched herself. Even though I didn't know what was going on in the environment around that would cause her to perch herself in a certain way, I could tell when the, by the way she perched, and the way she looked, and the way she uh, reacted when the environment was a non-restful environment for her. And because I couldn't tell, I had this sense of, okay, let me watch out. Because I didn't want to walk by her and be the object of her unrest. But I could also tell when she was at a restful perch. Now, you could look at her and it might seem like the perch was the same. There was just something about the way she looked. Something about the way she turned her head. Something in the sound of Her meow that let me know she's not at rest. Something in her response that said, if I'm not careful, she's going to react in a way that could cause great trauma to me. But I could always tell when she came back to a place of rest. Her perch took on a little bit of a different form. Her eyes look different. And it usually was when my wife walked in the room. There was some way about my wife just petting her. Doesn't mean the environment shifted. Doesn't mean the thing that caused her to be at a place of unrest was gone. Doesn't mean that the situation had transitioned. But the mere presence of my wife made a difference for well, that cat. I'm not a cat fan. But I could tell by that way by the, the way that she perched when she was at rest or wasn't at rest. So I'm learning from her. I, I learned a lot from her watching how that how how she shifted. And watching, watching her gives me not only a glimpse into our lives, because we have those times when we might look like we are calm, but deep down, we're at a place of unrest. And at any moment when we're at that place of unrest, something could set us off and we'll be ready to lash out. So I'm not only to learn about our lives. I got a glimpse into the life of this psalmist, into the heart of this psalmist, and how he must have felt when he was writing and expressing his heart in Psalm 116. You see, I'd like to submit to you that this psalm, which is actually a psalm of praise, is considered one of the great halal uh, psalms, a a psalm that would have been used during the Passover time when they celebrated at the Passover feast what it was like for God to deliver them out of Egypt, what it was like for God to deliver them out of a place that caused great unrest in their lives and bring them into a place and to a land that, that caused uh, uh, rest and deliverance. i like to submit to you that though this is a, a, a psalm of praise, there was something in this psalm that gives us a glimpse into the heart of the psalmist when he was at a time in his life when he was perched on a seat of unrest. You see? This is a psalm of reflection, a psalm of reflecting a time When the psalmist's soul was filled with unrest. I I read Psalm 116, verses 1 through 4, and there's some things that give me some indicators here. He says, he heard my voice. He says, he heard my cry for mercy. He turned his ear to me. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overwhelmed by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. All of the things that he says, even though they're directed at God's response, it gives us a picture into what his life was like. He felt like he was going to die. He felt like no one was hearing him. He was in a state where he felt all alone. There was a place of distress and sorrow that he was walking through. And he only knew that the only thing he could do was cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, save me. He was at a place of unrest at one point in his life. And this psalm of reflection gives us a picture into it. It doesn't tell us exactly what that place was like, but he knows what it's like to be in distress. And he could have, on the outside, looked like everything was okay. But inside, the way he perched himself, said he was was at unrest. Can you relate to this? Does does your soul uh, be filled with unrest? Does that connect with you today? Uh, I would guess that whether you are uh, watching on live stream or whether you're here in this room, uh, whether or not you say it verbally, maybe there's a part of you inside that goes, amen, I, I know what that's like. I've been there. Or I am there. When you think about where we are in the nation today and where we are in the world today, we are in a state of unrest. Unrest is all around us. Racial uh, tensions and and injustice that's happening. Uh, Economic, uh, you hear all this all the time about economic destruction and decline that threatens us every day. Uh, Coronavirus has us on edge about our health. about every moment in every day. Uh, The volatile political climate that that we're in has brought the vision in our country like I've never seen before. As we look at school and education, there is this tension that arises. And even though on the outside we might look fine, we can add all this up. And like the psalmist, I think that we can say we are living in a time and an atmosphere where we are tempted to perch ourselves upon a mantle of unrest, to focus on the unrest all around us. Just recently, I made the decision that it's time to delete Facebook app from my phone, because it seemed like every time I went on Facebook, there was unrest there. And I'll I'll confess that I deleted it for a few days, and then I miss it, and I Think well. Let me just download it for, for a minute and just go and check up on everybody. And several hours later, I gotta delete this thing for another few days. <laughs> there was one point in particular that uh, I saw a friend on uh, a post on a friend's page, and the comment that was there that someone had put um, just hit me the wrong way. And I responded, "Is this a serious comment? Did you seriously just say that?" And the friend on whose page that I had, uh, posted quickly replied, this was a response to a comment that I, 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 I deleted. It was made, the, 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 the stream was made earlier. The comment was made earlier. So this, this is a comment from something that I deleted, but the full context isn't there, so you can't see it, uh, because I didn't get to delete the whole thing. So, uh, I, I should have deleted the whole thread. My apologies. And immediately when he said that, I knew that there was something wrong within me. I had reacted to the comment without context. So I wrote back, no, uh, my apologies. I should have gotten context before I responded. And then he replied in a way that just opened my eyes to what was going on in my soul. He said, no worries, my brother. I understand. It is indicative of the times in which we're living. I'd caused the life situations and times in which we're living to cause me to get perched on a seat of unrest. I'd allow the environment around me to dictate my reaction and my response. On the outside, I looked fine. But all it took was one wrong comment, and I was there. Can you relate? The times of unrest that we face can either propel us into restlessness if we choose to lean into that. Or it can remind us that restlessness comes when we are not connected to the one who is the author of rest. Restlessness comes if we are not connected to the one who is the author of rest. I think that's what's going on with this psalmist. As I look at what he wrote and look at what he said, amid revealing that his soul had reached to the environment, uh, had had reacted to the environment around him by going into a state of unrest. Something shifted at one point because he started to reflect on God. God's goodness and God's nature, God's character, God's presence, God's power, God's deliverance. And, and it caused the psalmist to give a challenge to himself, a challenge that I believe applies to you and me also. It's, it's just a five word challenge, but it, it, it's, a, it's more like a command. And it just simply says this, return to your rest, my soul. Return to your rest, my, six words, right? Return to your rest, my soul. So I got to learn to count. Six words. Simple challenge. Return to your rest, my soul. What was it that caused the psalmist to say that? What was it that caused the psalmist to give that challenge to his soul? He began to reflect on God. And this is what he saw about God, even in the midst of times of unrest. God heard my cry. God turned his ear to me. God's been gracious and righteous and compassionate. God saved me. God's been good. God delivered me from death. God dried my tears. God kept me from falling. God allowed me to walk with him. God kept me alive. Even in the midst of the unrest going on around this psalmist, he was able to look back at God and said, God, you kept me alive. God, you delivered my soul from death. God, you dried my tears. Maybe at the right time, God, you caused my tears to flow so I could get what was on the inside out. Return to your rest, my soul. It's because of that that he says, the Lord has been good. There is something about this call that I believe opens our eyes. You see, returning to your rest is more than just repeating over and over again, I will be a restful person. I will be a restful person. I will be a restful person. It's more than just the power of positive thinking. It's more than just saying, I'll get my mind in the right place. Returning to your rest happens when you, be- you begin to reflect on how the Lord has heard you cry. When you begin to reflect on how... The Lord has turned his ear toward you. When you begin to reflect on. How the Lord has been gracious and righteous. And compassionate toward you. When you begin to reflect on. How the Lord has saved you. When you begin to reflect on. How the Lord has shown his goodness to you. When you begin to reflect on. How the Lord has delivered you from death. When you begin to reflect on. How the Lord has dried your tears. How he has kept your feet from stumbling. And opened your opened up the door. So that you can walk with him. When you begin to reflect on how the Lord has kept you alive, even in the midst of the unrest that's going on around us. Where might your soul need to be at rest today? Where might your soul need to return to rest today? Where might you have lost sight of God's deliverance in your life today. This really has been a time of God reminding me to return to my rest. Not too long ago, just about a month and a half ago, uh, someone uh, hit my car on my street. It was parked on 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 the corner of the street. And I came out to go to the office and I was driving the the office car. I wasn't driving my personal car. But as I drove down the street, I looked at my car, and I could see the front bumper was not just hit. It was missing. It was gone. And um, I had to get to work, so I thought, I'll get, when I come home, I'll deal with it. And when I got back on the street at the end of the day, I walked up to the car and assumed, listen, I wasn't here. I didn't see it. Person hit it, took off. That was my mindset. As I walked up to assess the damage, I looked on the windshield, and there was a piece of paper that actually looked like a ticket. I picked it up thinking, not only did somebody hit me, I got a ticket. (laughs) Turns out, the person who hit my car left a note. Simply said, I'm sorry, left a name, left a number called them, uh, you know, we (laughs) we did some phone tag, and my car is fixed. I drove it here today. Didn't cost me a dime. Damage wasn't as bad as I thought, so they chose to just pay for it. Not too long after that, I was standing in the mirror shaving. My soul was still in this state of and I thought about my car, and all of a sudden, I went, you know, Jesus, I didn't even take time to say thank you. So I began to thank the Lord for what he had done. And it was an amazing thing. As I took time to do that, all of a sudden, my eyes were open to ways in which God heard my cry in the midst of of the unrest that's going on in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the injustice, in the midst of all of the, what's going to happen, not only with me, what's going to happen with places in our district? What kinds of things are, my, are we going to see? What kinds of things are we going to have to face? And I began to see God's hand in all of these things. And all of a sudden, my perch of unrest Came to a place of calmness. Came to a place of peace. Here's what I learned. Even in the midst of unrest, God promises rest and deliverance for his people. Even in the midst of unrest, God promises rest and deliverance for his people. Remember, this I started out by saying. This was a halal psalm. This was a psalm of remembering God's deliverance. And this is why I think the psalmist starts out by saying, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. He promises rest and deliverance for his people. It doesn't matter whether or not there's rest all around me. I love the Lord because he promises rest and deliverance For his people. Think about the 400 years that God's people were enslaved in Egypt. And here this psalmist is looking back on that time. Obviously, he wasn't around for the full 400 years, but something about that time caused him to remember the unrest and the angst and the trauma of what it was like to be bound and to find out that God was his deliverer and God brought him through. Even in the midst of where he was at this point, whatever the unrest was around him, he still found it within his heart to say, I love the Lord because I remember what it was like to be in bondage. And God brought. And God delivered me. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what the unrest for you is like today. I don't want to assume that the unrest that you're facing has to do with the virus or injustice or the economic situation. There could be other things going on in your life right now that causes unrest. Here's my challenge to you. Begin to reflect on God, his nature, his character, his acts, ways that he's brought you through in the past, ways that he's delivered you in the past. Let your soul come to a place where you declare, I love the Lord because he's heard my cry. Let his spirit begin to speak to you and remind you of his hand of faithfulness. Let his voice begin to call you back from that perch of unrest where everything around you might cause you to lash out and let him calmly speak to you the words of the psalmist. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you still not a cat fan. Although I have to admit this was a good cat. Because I learned a lot about the perch of unrest and the place of rest. And just as it was that my wife would walk in the room and lay her hand on this cat and this cat would just calm down. Regardless of how the environment was or whether or not it shifted. So it is today. That God wants to remind us. That he's in the room. He has not left. He has not exited the building. He has not left your life. And if you would listen for his voice. He would just like to reach out his hand, lay it on your shoulder, and remind you that no matter what the environment is, wherever he is, you can be at rest.